Good morning. Welcome to the Board of, Board of Trustees meeting. Um, can I get a roll call, Rana? Trustee Avalada? Here. Trustee Banerjee? Here. Trustee Bouquet? Here. Trustee Blue will join us later. Trustee Shequin? Here. Here. Uh, Trustee DeVries. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, Mike? I believe Trustee Blue is here. Oh, Trustee Blue is here? Yes. Excellent. Uh, Trustee DeVries? Here. Trustee Hernandez? Here. Trustee Jensen? Here. And Trustee Peterson, I believe, will join us later. So we do have a quorum. Great, thank you. Do we have any public comment? No, we don't. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, welcome to um, what is the last regular meeting of this particular uh, board of trustees. Um, we are having this meeting sort of at the end of a week that has been quite troubling in terms of uh, the rise in COVID cases um, nationwide um, in the state of California. Um, and we're certainly seeing an uptick here um, in Alameda County. Um, these are our patients, the folks that we care about um, have been disproportionately impacted. There's quite a bit of disparity, as I know we all have talked about, and this is the, the community that, that AHS cares for. And so I think, um, you know, the, the times are sort of tenuous um, in terms of even where we are with the, with the pandemic, sort of let alone moving into um, flu season and, and so forth. And so I know that Although there may be some relief in terms of what's going on uh, nationally, there's still some months ahead of us of, of uncertainty. Um, and so I think uh, just, you know, to kind of uh, frame, I think, where, where we are now, I think that there's, there's quite a bit of uncertainty on a number of fronts. Um, we know that in terms of uh, COVID, that uh, the city of Oakland has been disproportionately impacted. Um, some of our, you know, lowest income uh, zip codes have been disproportionately impacted, and African Americans are dying at double to triple the rate of of others. And so, um, you know, I'm saying that in part because although we were sort of seeing an improvement in case rates and kind of moved into the orange tier, we're now heading straight for the red tier, sort of as we speak. Um, and, you know, have, have no reason to think that we can let our guard down in, in any way. And so obviously um, that is something concerning as, um, you know, as I think about sort of maintaining continuity of, of leadership for this system. And so just, um, you know, wanting to express my deepest hope that, that there will be a, a continuity of leadership and um, an invo close involvement of the Board of Trustees on some of these issues. Um, so I think, you know, one of the things I, I just want to say, you know, being um, on this board, obviously the mission of, of Alameda Health System is one that I'm very personally and professionally aligned with and have been really grateful to be able to serve in this role. Also, just really admire my fellow trustees um, who are all similarly aligned and bring just a really... Um, I think deep expertise um, and understanding and commitment to this work. Um, 
So just want to thank all my fellow trustees uh, for that commitment and for um, their leadership and partnership um, throughout all of this. Uh, this is uh, certainly not business as usual. I think that um, there are a number of, of items that will need to be sort of uh, taken up by the new board and, and will quickly need to kind of get up to speed. Um, and, you know, I think my sense of sort of what it will take for Alameda Health System to succeed in the long term has a lot to do with uh, with the governance, uh, with clarity of, of understanding of the relationship uh, between the system and the county, um, and certainly a diverse set of trustees uh, with deep understanding like this board has, uh, whether it be in the areas of medicine, uh, finance, uh, mental health, uh, you know, I, I could go on. And so I, it's my sincere hope that that is, uh, those are things that will be forthcoming. Um, I think there's a few items that, you know, I hope and, and I, I still hope that this board will be able to sort of wrap up uh, prior to our departure. Although I, I, you know, I don't, I'm not necessarily confident that that will be able to be the case. Um, one of those is uh, certainly um, getting through a successful joint commission survey. Uh, so next week uh, sort of opens up the period of when joint commission uh, can come and uh, they can certainly revisit in the, in the subsequent month. And, you know, I think, um, are, there's almost nothing more important than us maintaining the accreditation for the system. And it is a tenuous uh, situation. Um, and I think, you know, there's questions that um, I, I can't answer currently about the, the governance after November 30th. Um, and so I'm certainly hopeful that I think the, that we'll have the answers to those questions prior to our departure um, about uh who you know who will be the the leadership or or to whom we could refer surveyors to get their questions uh, answered so I'm hopeful that that guidance will be forthcoming um, the other I think is to bring our our audit to a close I think that it would be nice for this board to be able to complete that process of reviewing the financial statements and closing out the audit uh, after uh, last night's finance committee I'm concerned that we have sort of a in particular, an open item around a $14 million price tag that's related to Epic that, uh, at least from my understanding from the meeting last night, there wasn't exact, uh, I guess, agreement or resolution on how we would be able to handle that or how that could be handled. So, again, hopeful that uh, some information about that would be forthcoming so that we can uh, get to the point of uh, finalizing that audit and wrap that up prior to the new board because they will they will have you know no, sh no shortage of things to get up to speed on and to the extent that we can wrap those things up I think that would be great um, a couple of the you know things that I'm really sort of proud of as as a trustee that we've been able to accomplish or you know are around the implementation of EPIC, um, I think the successful formation of the East Bay Medical Group, and I know that one of the things that was important to um, sort of uh, that uh, formation was the uh, the fact that this board of, of trustees, uh, or at that the board of trustees would appoint a, a member to the East Bay Medical Group. Um, and I, I was certainly hopeful that this board would be able to, to do that 
um, because I think we were all very sort of invested and certainly want to shout out trustees DeVries and Hernandez for um, their tremendous work in making this happen and understanding that we're still going through bumps and, and that we really want to see this through in a positive way um, and, and would have liked the opportunity for this board to be able to um, to nominate a, a, a member of EBMG board. Um, but I think just, you know, there simply has not been the time for us to contemplate this. And so um, unless there's any, uh, and, and was on our, on our agenda for today uh, to do so. So unless there's any objection, I'm going to um, suggest that we pull this item from today's meeting and allow the new board um, to take this up. Um, so I think, uh, you know, with that, I will sort of wrap up by saying, I think the other thing that I, that I really, uh, you know, feel proud about and was very committed to is the COVID-19 task force that I know was sort of created, um, by this board of trustees, uh, and trustees Banerjee and I have, have, uh, and, and Bouquet also was involved in the, in the earlier part. Uh, members of, from Healthcare Services Agency and the Public Health Department had joined us on several of our meetings. I think it was a great place for us to discuss a lot of the intersection points. Um, and frankly, those discussions just do not happen enough. Um, and I felt, you know, hopeful that through a structure like that, um, we could really collaborate more closely with the county on matters um, of public health and matters that impact um, our community. And so one of my, I think, deepest hopes for going into the future is that uh, we can find a way, sort of despite all of the, the challenges that are raised by the current structure, to do what's right for our community and for our patients um, collaboratively. And so I think that um, I'm really proud of the direction that the AHS has gone in terms of um, systemness and quality and transparency to a level that I that that I haven't seen sort of in, in the past years sort of as a community doc um, integration uh, collaboration with community docs uh, particularly with with epic instead of three you know disparate systems that were so hard to sort of work with as a community physician so I think all of those things uh, we're leaving the organization in in good stead on those fronts um, but my hope is that as it relates to the areas where there's a clear intersection, and I think about this, especially as we move into the winter months, as it relates to COVID, as it relates to our unhoused uh, uh, community members, uh, our difficulties with, with um, sort of uh, throughput and discharge, that clearly there's areas uh, where deeper collaboration with the county are needed desperately, um, areas of, of mental health. Um, you know, really having a more cohesive and collaborative system. And so those are things that I know that I personally and professionally will continue to uh, work on for, you know, in my, in my own uh, professional life. Um, and I'm really hopeful that, that this next board of trustees will also um, want to carry through. So that concludes my remarks. Um, and if there's no questions or comments, I will pass it off to the CEO for his report. Thank you, Trustee Avalada, uh, and uh, good good uh, morning, um, uh, uh, trustees. Uh, great as always to see you. Uh, just had a few comments I, I wanted to submit or offer uh, today or this morning. Uh, first, I would uh, like to take the opportunity to welcome uh, Trustee uh, Louisa Blue uh, to to the uh, 
uh, board, um, uh, uh, the team had an opportunity to do an abbreviated uh, orientation for her. Abbreviated still, I think, ended up being about three or four hours. Uh, uh, but uh, to give uh, uh, her at, at least as uh, robust as we could an overview uh, to prepare her to um, um, sit uh, as a as a full member uh, today and welcome her to the board. Um, a, cu- a couple, a few more things. One, um, uh, Trustee Bellotta, uh you and Trustee Banerjee and Trustee uh, Bouquet, thank you for your uh, leadership and your uh, support with uh, the work that EHS um, was doing and your your encouragement and insights on. Uh, with respect to uh, responding to the uh, pandemic, but also uh, um, continued um, advice and guidance on uh, collaboration with other entities, uh, other healthcare the county and other stakeholders. Um, happy to say that in the past month, uh, thanks to a lot of work, uh, very uh, hard work from a lot of folks uh, uh, on the team, our staff, um, uh, uh, they have We've been finally successful in uh, getting a partnership uh, with the county two fronts uh, in terms of expanding our COVID uh, um, uh, response efforts. One is the COVID testing unit that's now uh, open at the Henry J. Kaiser Center uh, has been going for about, I think, uh, two to three weeks at this point and has been uh, really, really uh, uh, robust. We, we we host services three days or uh, provide services three days a week, uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. And I think uh, averaging somewhere north of about 225 to 250 tests per day, a combination of um, uh, scheduled um, individuals and, and through, through drive-through and walk-ups or, or uh, uh, day of uh, uh, people coming up to get a test. Uh, I had a test myself there. Uh, uh, there's no video footage of it. And if anybody tells you I cried or winced, uh, it's not true. Uh, it's fake news, uh, but no, it's a wonderful service and the team are just an outstanding job and really um, um, want to give special thanks. Uh, there's so many people who really should be uh, allotted for it, uh, but but special thanks to uh, uh, Dr. Tornabene, uh, Dr. Neha Gupta and their leadership uh, uh, to uh, make that happen uh, internally. Uh, Tangerine Brigham and a couple of other people for helping with the partnership and collaboration and the county as well. And uh, their support and funding for this site to be up and going in the city of Oakland and their partnership with that particular site as well. Um, I also want to mention the uh, COVID uh, uh, quarantine unit that we've been able to stand up in partnership with the county where we've now repurposed the uh, old rehab, uh, um, acute rehab space at Fairmont uh, to be a quarantine unit where we are able to take uh, patients who have been uh, referred for sniff services both within AHS and in the community and appropriately congregate or I'm sorry, quarantine them uh, uh, for a period of time post-diagnosis or post-symptoms so that they can be introduced safely or more safely into a congregate center. So that's been open for, I want to say, about uh, a little over a week, maybe two weeks at this point. Uh, But going well in these uh, senses is, uh, I think, in the high teens or lower 20s at this point. So uh, uh, really a great service. Uh, And it's both patients who are going to AHS SNPs as well as a few that are going to outside SNPs as well. Uh, The final thing I'll say on this one is uh, we have a new uh, uh, ad what we've been working on. Well, a lot of this was with your encouragement and it took quite a while, but I think the final result is great and, and is in time for exactly what you're, what we're experiencing and what you're seeing and what you all had suggested was, you know, winter months and we were hearing obviously everywhere else, winter months, flu season coming up, uh, the potential for spikes uh, or, or re um, uh, 
heightened uh, spikes or experiences. Uh, so our ad was released on day night. I got a message, woke up to a morning, uh, Monday morning uh, message from a colleague and mentor in San Francisco who said that they saw it the night before watching Jimmy Kimmel or something like that. So uh, it's out. It's on, um, 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 I think, radio, um, media, or, or television, as well as uh, social media. So I encourage you to um, uh, share it. It's a very inspirational message about culture and pride and support for one another uh, by masking up and, and really encouraging that. So it's great. Uh, I think fine. I'll just highlight two, uh, two things. We've gone through a couple of big upgrades. Um, uh, we upgraded our uh, Chronos system uh, recently, as well as we took in our first, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, quarterly or routine update from from Epic, um, both at the end of October going into November. And those went without uh, um, incident. A few. Um, um, uh, minor glitches that we're working through, but nothing, nothing substantive. And that all happened during a period. The second thing I wanted to mention where uh, we and all healthcare providers around the country were alerted uh, uh, as we were approaching the elections. Uh, not that it was because of the elections, but there was a ramp up and increase in ransomware uh, attacks, uh, uh, cyber threats, uh, particularly in the healthcare space. And so uh, through um, um, kind of industry-based contacts, as well as the FBI and other um, national security entities, we have taken several steps uh, through our IT uh, staff and leadership to heighten our own uh, security. Uh, we provided an update, I think, through audit and compliance a couple of months ago about cybersecurity and, and a, a very um, robust risk assessment we had already conducted and activities that we were uh, initiating to further our efforts. We had already had efforts on the way, to, but to further those. That that is still underway, and some of them, because of that threat, have been uh, accelerated. Uh, so a lot of um, server patching, some server discontinuation from vulnerability standpoint, upgrading our uh, Windows 7 to 10 environment uh, is, is uh, well underway with your board support. Uh, I should say well underway, but is ex, uh, going uh, getting launched sooner and uh, potentially going to end uh, faster. Uh, so uh, looking to accelerate that. But additionally, some additional um, uh, protections, including uh, as many of you have seen, emails uh, and other sorts of things that we've been uh, doing to um, enhance security in that respect. Um, Sniff recognition, as we were getting started, uh, you heard, and I want to thank Trustee Paquette for uh, lifting this, but really uh, thanks to Richard Espinosa and his uh, outstanding team, our clinical providers, as well as our non-clinical providers in the post-acute setting that we've now been uh, uh, recognized again uh, um, by Newsweek magazine. Uh, I believe that's right. Newsweek, right, Richard? Uh, as one of the top sniffs uh, uh, in the nation and, and in the state of California, uh, ranked number seven, uh, out of, uh, I think, the top uh, 20 or so in the Bay Area. So uh, really want to uh, applaud uh, a very consistent and steadfast work in that area, especially uh, throughout a pandemic where we know that our uh, our patients in the skilled nursing settings were at uh, a really high risk uh, of, of exposure and contracting. And uh, we've just had some wonderful work that's been corroborated by regulatory agencies alike. Um, uh, that's just been, I think, well-deserved. And so I want to lift that up every chance we get to highlight the wonderful work that's done there. Uh, I, too, want to mention the HETI Task Force. Um, I know uh, Trustee Hernandez, Trustee Banerjee have uh, really been active participants. Trustee Hernandez is co-chair. Uh, there's been a lot of work that's happened in the last uh, couple of weeks to keep that effort moving forward and continue that commitment. Uh, there's an update in the agenda, so I won't say more than that. Uh, Trustee Hernandez, I'm sure you can you can share more. You've been actively involved in that, but really want to um, uh, thank uh, Ishwari and the uh, 
uh, members of the steering committee and others for really continuing to demonstrate a commitment uh, to moving that forward, uh, uh, recognizing the importance of that other pandemic that we all uh, face and we all want to lean into and address uh, as a community and as an organization. Um, finally, um, uh, Trustee Avalada, as you mentioned uh, last night, Finance Committee, there were some updates on uh, audits and discrepancies that we were still contending with. Um, we did get a uh, update uh, that our auditors um, uh, have agreed with the way that we want to recognize or believe is appropriate to recognize um, uh, that um, those receivables. And so it looks like uh, we got a draft of their final report late last night. Uh, and I haven't had a chance to review it yet, but hope to do that. And if everything's okay, we look forward then to uh, moving forward with audit and compliance uh, next Tuesday to hopefully bring that forward, not just as an update, but as an action item that this board can wrap up, um, which is appropriate given that it's the last fiscal year. Uh, and also then uh, subject to that happening, then having a special meeting where the full board can accept the audits and we can audit and we can uh, wrap that particular action up. So hopeful that that will occur. We'll know more before the end of the day today. And then finally, uh, that's all I have as remarks, but I would be remiss if I didn't actually uh, take the opportunity uh, to publicly, um, as I will do privately, uh, thank each and every one of you uh, for the opportunity to uh, have worked uh, with and for you uh, in service to uh, this community, in service to this organization. Uh, while I appreciate that uh, um, the transition for the board is occurring soon, I think it's uh, equally important uh, as you have done, Trustee Avalada and others, you have taken in your committee opportunities to highlight all the wonderful uh, uh, work that you have done on behalf of this community, all the uh, and the organization, the leadership, the guidance and support that you have offered uh, uh, to the organization overall. But uh, to me personally, I've, I've grown uh, leaps and bounds uh, uh, through your um, guidance and encouragement, but also your admonishment. And I, I think all of them have really helped me to be a, a better person, I hope. Uh, and I take all of it in a spirit of, of just that. So, um, um, uh, you know, words fail me at this point, but I really do just want to express my deep appreciation uh, to all of you. It's really meant a lot for me and I'm sure to our community as well. So thank you. Thank you for that. Questions for Delvecchio? All right, I'm gonna move us along to the medical staff reports. Not sure who's presenting today on behalf of the chief of staff committee. I see Dr. Smith. Hi, it's Kevin Smith again. I was unmuting myself. Can you hear me? Yes, good morning. Um, as a member of the medical staff, I just wanna first say, um, President Abalata, um, your words this morning are really inspiring. Um, I, I, it's nice to kind of see the list of accomplishments that sometimes you don't pay attention to as you're moving along in that process. Um, I do think you add a certain um, credibility to your role and um, authenticity of mission that I really hope is sustainable. Um, I'm concerned about it, but I'm hopeful. But I, I do appreciate uh, working with you. Um, as the representative from the Chief of Staff Committee, I do have our uh, Medical Exec Committee report here. Um, you should have it in your packet, I am told. Uh, first off, um, item A, credentials and privileges uh, were presented. It appears a fairly robust 
term, if I can uh, paraphrase Dr. Bouquet's uh, uh, descriptor, uh, occurred uh, in the closed session of QPSC uh, regarding the same. Uh, item B, uh, telemedicine and teleneurology services will provide increased neurology service, uh, neurology specialty care across the system. The expansion will be for both urgent uh, and non-urgent consults via telemedicine. Congent consent agenda items is uh, next uh, item and uh, nothing additional to add. The annual report is from radiology, which was quite impressive. I don't know how many in the room heard it, but essentially described uh, complete broad uh, volume increase and um, system availability, um, system-wide service line across the entire AHS, uh, volume increases that have happened since Epic Go Live across the system and equipment and um, upgrades in terms of hardware, software, that is quite impressive and obviously uh, catering to the needs of our community in a state-of-the-art fashion. Um, Dr. Yasumoto prepared a pretty impressive uh, presentation with regard to this. Uh, there's new CT scanner with software and hardware associated with it. There's new MRI, um, new mammography, uh, state-of-the-art um, capabilities digital mobile x-ray machines. It was it was quite impressive and um, watching the evolution over a decade. Um, kudos to, to that team and uh, congratulations to our community as a result. And that is our report. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Smith. Thank you so much for your kind words. I really appreciate it. Um, who's up next? Dr. Marzouk, uh, Dr. Fuller. Thank you, Alameda. Dr. Marzouk. Thank you, Dr. Marzouk. Joe, you're, uh, we're having some audio here. Audio check, Joe. <clears throat> uh oh. <clears throat> well, now now he's just on mute. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're on mute. How about that? There yes. we go. <laughs> I guess I'm on the phone and uh, the computer. Can you still hear me? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Uh, uh, this, uh, uh, like uh, some of you, are, is also my last meeting. I'd like to, first of all, just uh, thank you uh, for the privilege of being on the board, uh, medical staff, as well as... Uh, uh, seeing how this wonderful board operates and uh, and being a part of uh, this uh, Alameda Health System Board, as well as uh, thank all of you for your 
volunteerism and and community-mindedness and uh, and uh, taking Alameda Health System through uh, this uh, this difficult time and challenging time. Thank you. Uh, going on to uh, my report, uh, we credentialed and privileged uh, uh, in QC, uh, QSPC, QPCSC, uh, the individuals in closed session. The issues that uh, we are working on uh, are primarily uh, tele-neurology uh, uh, with uh, uh, subsequent group uh, and uh, questions and uh, processes of how tele-neurology is going to work about the entire system, uh, which will uh, are being ironed out and also improvement in uh, cardiology coverage, uh, uh, those were the main uh, two issues. And finally, uh, we had an overview of a joint commission uh, cycle for, uh, for preparation for the joint commission the next year. And if there are any questions? I want to thank you, Dr. Marzuk, on behalf of all of us for your service to the Alameda Hospital medical staff. Uh, it's my understanding that you guys are in the midst of an election and there's a single candidate for uh, the future chief of staff? Yes, uh, it's uh, Dr. Kathy Pune, who may have attended uh, a couple of meetings uh, on uh, my behalf uh, when I was uh, away. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. And she'll be a wonderful addition to uh, the medical staff, uh, as, uh, as you all may know her or will get to know her. Thank you again, Dr. Marzouk. Thank you. Thanks, Dr. Marzouk. I believe Dr. Ingenio uh, is, I can't, I don't see him, but on behalf of San Leandro Hospital, do we have a report? Dr. Avaletta, I don't see him in the room either. All right. Mm. So I understand that Trustee Blue has is here, has returned, and Trustee Peterson has also arrived. I'm not seeing Trustee Blue either. Trustee Blue, are you with us? Oh, I see your name there. Well, I just wanted to take a moment to welcome you on behalf of the Board of Trustees. All right, she's muted. And welcome, Ross. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Great. All right, moving us to the committee reports. Dr. Bouquet, QPSC. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Um, the report from the October 22nd, uh, 2020 QPSC, per standard, we approve policies and procedures. Uh, as everyone in the room knows, we, we review articles. The articles chosen were first changing organizational mindset, and the second article was entitled The Great Refounding. I think apropos to the changes our organization is going through, I encourage you to, to read those articles. We gave, uh, we received a culture of safety and just culture report from our quality team. It was, a, a, again, a great report. In some, it, it seems that we have robust opportunity to continue to improve our, 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 our sense of just culture and our culture of safety. 
In one exchange, I asked our director of patient safety what we could do to ensure that we don't keep regressing. Her response was on point and she said, we need accountability. Accountability on the organizational level, which is what we do here. And, and also not to forget accountability on the individual level. Um, we, we still have a ways to go, but uh, I'm confident that, that our, our feet are pointed in the right direction, that it's about the vector in which we get there. Last, we received the regulatory affairs report, and uh, to briefly summarize, uh, uh, most everyone in the room should know that, that we are uh, set to be uh, resurveyed uh, for our five condition level findings uh, from the spring. Uh, the survey window opens on Monday. That's uh, November 16th. The window will be open for 30 days. That means uh, the Joint Commission uh, will visit us sometime between November 16th and uh, December 13th or something like that. It will be a four-day visit. Um, on day one, they will review uh, our five condition level findings, infection control, surgical services, environment of care, patients' rights, and governing body. And, and then for the remaining uh, three and a half days, they will review the 70 some odd um, uh, 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 citations from smaller to larger over that day. I do note that, that at the last QPSC, we discussed the impending change to, to, uh, to our body, our board of trustees. And it was advised that, that the, the change in our board of trustees was a reportable, uh, uh, it was reportable to the joint commission. And I think the quality committee uh, did so. And um, I think that's it. Uh, so they, they will be here sometime within the next 30 days and probably on Monday. And that ends my report. I'm available for any questions. Thank you. Questions for Trustee Bouquet? Thank you very much. Can we get confirmation from staff that, that, that the reportable event was indeed reported and whether there's been feedback? Quality team, anyone in the room? Sorry, I, I stepped away for a second. My apologies. Is it, are we talking about the event that we just discussed this morning? No, sir. Uh, we're talking about uh, uh, at the October meeting, we discussed that the change in our board, given the mm -hmm. governing body, that we ah, reported gotcha. to the Joint Commission that there mm -hmm. would be a change in the board. Do you know if that happened, sir? I believe it did uh, and that we hadn't uh, received any feedback. But I would, uh, if Mike or Nilda um, uh, could speak to that, they may have more information than I do. Yeah, I will. Go ahead. Can you repeat that, Mike, please? Yes, I will confirm that the report was made. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anything else for Trustee Bouquet? All right. Thank you for that, Trustee Bouquet. Moving on to finance, Trustee Shaquin. Good morning, everyone. Um, so we had a committee meeting last night uh, and uh, I'm just going to report out generally and then I do want to finish up um, my tenure on the finance committee with a list of items I think need to be uh, paid attention to. Um, so my comments about last night are the trending on our finances year to date and that's through, uh, sorry, that's through September um, are off, um, both on the expense and the revenue side. This tends to uh, be 
a sequence of events that seems to happen annually uh, to our system. Um, So it's not completely concerning, but it is, uh, we are behind our budgeted goals. And um, the other thing I should note is that we have not uh, started to measure our actual against uh, the approved budget as we approved that budget in um, October. That will start happening next month. Um, the good news is that um, I think through our CFO's uh, fine leadership and and she'll say uh, the collaboration of team members, our revenue collection has uh, dramatically improved. We seem to have come through the uh, epic onboarding successfully and gotten to a place that is is uh, uh, at, at benchmark when you, we compare ourselves above benchmark, I should say, in most cases, when we compare ourselves to other like organizations, safety net organizations nationally. So um, that's really worth um, celebrating. Uh, I had a lot of folks um, concerned in talking to me last year about this time, worried about uh, revenue collection. And so to have um, at least initial success there with an, an incredible build out of a team, I think is, is something to celebrate. So um, and then there are several contracts that are on the agenda and we, we discussed those briefly last night as well and, and are recommending all four of those contracts. So uh, what I want to do here is try to do as briefly as possible, but I want to uh, discuss a list of items I think need to be paid attention to on the finance side of things. I think actually finance um, sometimes takes over the conversation within the system uh, because there are a lot of uh, unattended to issues. And... um, and that's been frustrating for me because I've been the finance chair, but my heart is really with patient care. I came to this job because I work with homeless people, and I was very uh, aware that health care in this county, as provided by this system, is crucial to their um, their livelihood, quite frankly, their ability to live, their ability to thrive. And, and so I was invested in that, and I found myself talking uh, mainly about relationships and and uh, finances most of the time, which is uh, necessary, but uh, a bit frustrating. So here's my list. Uh, I think it's really crucial, um, though a challenge, to continue to watch very carefully actual uh, expenditure and revenue against budget. Um, uh, Trustee Peterson and I have spent quite a bit of time in the last couple, couple months talking about the importance of operational margin. That's having enough revenue um, so that we have some money to spend theoretically on um, you know, deferred maintenance and other issues. Uh, we're not structured to be able to do that, but at least we get in the habit of having those sort of dollars available. We're not in that place right now. Uh, a big issue I think that's been unattended to and needs to uh, we need to stop talking about it, and hopefully the next group of trustees can really uh, develop a different relationship with Alameda County on this issue. The net negative balance is um, a very 
um, dysfunctional conversation, I think. Um, you know, there are expenditures that happened. I mean, I'm sorry, sorry, there are recoupments that will need to happen for revenue collected that we uh, owe back to the state. Uh, and there is very large numbers. And um, it uh, shows up as a liability on our books, but we've never been able to reserve dollars to address that, nor has the county reserved dollars to address that. So um, it's not a logical system in my uh, estimation that we should have um, good, healthy accounting practices involve having reserves when you have known liabilities. That's really got to change. And uh, it's going to take partnership. It's going to take leadership. It's going to take some courage. It's going to take the board of trustees, not just trying to be nice, which I think a lot of people want us to be just nice. Um, We need to be tough and firm and collaborative um, in order to get that resolved. Uh, which is sort of the source of the conversation we're having right now about a commitment from the county to uh, provide uh, capital designation dollars in the amount of $14 million. Uh, For some reason, uh, we're in a conversation about uh, whether the county wants to do that or not. That's not helpful um, to a system that has incredible capital deferred needs. Um, and, uh, you know, it, there's no way this system will thrive financially, thrive at all, uh, without having that addressed. So that's, that's left undone, and I encourage the next group of trustees to, um, to also deal with that. Revenue collection, we need to make sure there's, um, my sophisticated term is stickiness, making sure that we... Um, succeed in doing better revenue collection and then stick with that. Um, And I'm confident with our staff um, leadership, um, particularly our CFO, that that will happen. She is laser focused on this and has a team that are also laser focused on it. But nevertheless, I think trustees need to continue to focus on that. We need to watch, the trustees need to watch supplemental income. This is the income that creates the hair-raising craziness every month uh, where we get some good news and we get some bad news. Um, and it's always always feels to me, uh, it's always felt to me like a shoe ready to fall on us. So uh, watching that um, and planning appropriately is really important. Another issue I would uh, say that is really important for the future is uh, for the Uh, system to get to an analytics approach to finance, uh, one that really allows us to see inside program budgets and observe where we're succeeding uh, financially within uh, programs and where we're being challenged in order to make uh, serious changes and adaptations. Along with that, um, so that's systems. That's going to be software and people with uh, the capacity to do that. I do think we already have some leadership within the system on the people side. Uh, If they had the right tools, they could do it. Uh, But this is really crucial to get at this side. Uh, One of the things I've noticed is we often don't know exactly what the 
upside and downside are is in certain program areas. And that's just not okay. You can't really make improvement um, when you don't have that sort of information. Particularly troubling has been the lost leaders within the system. We need to uh, continue to monitor them, get better analytical information about those programs. Um, and this is where the toughness is going to need to be. You know, whoever's here next can't be just nice. This is where people um, don't want to see their favorite uh, projects go. Um, but if they are causing the system uh, to have to backfill uh, their losses, then it, it hurts patients in the end. Um, and I've seen this with several programs where the uh, IOP program, for example, where there are very significant revenue shortfalls. Uh, it, this needs to be paid attention to and, and actions need to be taken to correct it as quickly as possible. Alameda Hospital has serious volume problems and uh, I think it's really necessary to stop talking about it and actually either find a solution uh, that is creative, like creating uh, urgent care center at the hospital as opposed to emergency room. Uh, that will take political will and, and action, but uh, something's going to have to change there uh, in order to avoid the continual losses happening within the system. Um, due to Alameda Hospital's volume problems. Uh, John George is the same thing. We are providing a service that is not fully reimbursed. And, you know, we don't know the impact of that, of these lost leaders, but, I, you know, it, it, common sense tells you we're taking it from somewhere else. And we're taking a lot from somewhere else. So um, that, that this is really important that we get the information and that we begin to really address the change that needs to be made in these areas. Um, I'm almost there. Uh, throughput uh, is a continuing issue, and I'd say this is more important from a patient care perspective. We have a massive problem with homelessness in Alameda County, and it shows up in our system in a throughput problem. Uh, homeless people end up in uh, care here, and then we can't move them to uh, rehab uh, because they don't have a place to go. And so there needs to be a, a unique, special, uh, assertive effort on the part of this system in Alameda County to begin to change the way we're thinking about uh, the, the care of people, uh, particularly as they enter into uh, older age, and more chronic disease. Uh, I feel very strongly about this. One of the things I'm going to be doing as I leave is I'm going to be watching, and I may use public comment to come back and talk to you. I want to see success here. Uh, a lot of people's lives really depend on this. Again, I think if we deal with, if, if the future leadership of this organization deals with these sorts of issues, we can begin to be an organization that spends most of its time talking about patient care as opposed to most of its time being talked about, uh, talking about how we uh, improve relationships and how we um, deal with financial crisis. Um, and uh, I don't know where it's, go, where it's going. I think Dr. Smith had a very good way of putting it. I am worried. I'm concerned that we won't get there, that it'll get worse, actually. 
but I have hope and uh, I leave you with my hope. Thank you. Thank you for that, Trustee Chiquin. I also just want to thank you for your tremendous uh, leadership on the Finance Committee um, and skill and knowledge. And I know a lot of that was hard earned because I had a very steep learning curve <laughs> joining the Finance Committee and just appreciate the guidance. Um, also, Trustee Peterson, I just wanted to kind of call out your expertise, um, both around the finances and specifically as it relates to mental health and sort of um, the um, I think thoughts and goals around uh, how things could improve, particularly as it relates to John George and mental health, I think we're so, so critical. And so I'm really encouraged to hear, Trustee Shaquin, that you will keep uh, watching and engaged. I really hope all of us do um, because, uh, you know, the, we didn't do this for any other reason than our commitment and passion, and that's not going anywhere. Um, so I just I just wanted to thank you uh, for that. And, you know, that these things are very um, complicated and technical and the new trustees will also, I'm sure, have a learning curve irrespective of their background. This is a very unique situation. And so being able to have a perspective um, that we've developed during our time on this board uh, to weigh in on whatever the governance conversation is going forward, uh, I hope that we'll all feel um, compelled to continue to engage. So thank you. Um, I guess the other thing that kind of strikes me that I just wanted to say, and I just wanted to commend Del Vecchio, his executive leadership team, um, Dr. Smith, and 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 the, the clinical leaders, others who have managed somehow to still innovate, to still do amazing things despite sort of this chronic shortfall, um, to close disparity gaps, to focus on. Uh, outcomes that surpass many others um, despite the challenges uh, that we face as a system and despite the fact that we really are taking care of some of the folks with the most odds stacked against them. And so I just wanted to applaud that because that is one of the things that really has kept me feeling um, encouraged and engaged is that we don't operate in a deficit mode of thinking <laughs> um, in many ways at this level at least. And I appreciate that because that would be the easy thing to do. That would probably be the same thing to do, quite frankly, when you look at our, our finances. Um, but um, but despite that, uh, you you all uh, continue to, to move towards just doing the right thing uh, for, for the patient um, and for the community. And so I just really want to appreciate that as well. Any questions? Uh, Go I ahead. Do, Dr. Envelope, thank you. Um, a, I want to echo what you just said about being innovative, even even in in a deficit situation. Um, you know, it's it's interesting some of the rhetoric we heard about about this board at at, uh, at the board of supervisors meeting would, would have you believe that that all is bad. When you know, I submitted my resignation letter and I just listed off a handful of the items that we had accomplished, and then of course after I hit send, I remembered like 15 other things that I should have put in the letter. Uh, and by the way, I want to give a special shout out to Supervisor Carson, um, who's the one supervisor that really responded to my letter. And, and thank you. Very, very kind, heartfelt words from him directly. Uh, he's the one supervisor I heard from. I, I sent it to all of them. Um, but also, uh, really, my hat's off to Del Vecchio's vision in, in, in implementing innovative things. And not just Del Vecchio's, but the, the whole team. Really amazing. Um, and, and also, to, to Lewis's point, um, I think one place where we need to have some hope 
uh, is the fact that the voters of Alameda County generously uh, increased their sales tax uh, to fund homeless services. And we know now that $28 million a year in admin beds is lost at Highland Hospital because of people that really should not be put up on the street, but are not in need of a hospital bed. And now we know from what Ross has told me with the work that John George, that there's probably close to $20 million of, of, of beds being used at John George, where also people need somewhere else to go. And so hopefully this new funding, this windfall county will receive from the voters will be used to dramatically and quickly expand those step-down options uh, so that our doctors can focus on health and, and health care and not housing. And so if we can get those individuals into respite, into safe step-down facilities where they can recover, um, I truly believe it'll increase the, their health It'll lower the the, the tri morbidities, um, and we'll 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 ease our system even further, and we'll see better outcomes in the neighborhoods that I've spent my whole adult career fighting for, and um, sometimes feeling like we're making amazing gains, and sometimes feeling like we're spinning our wheels in despair. And so I think we we are on a couple of interesting precipices. Uh, precipice? I'm not sure. Uh, in that. We are both in a crisis with our finances and our economic downturn due to the pandemic and a generosity of voters offering an infusion of new funds to the county um, that I hope is quickly put in place to, to address that, that issue. Um, so, uh, uh, Trustee Shaquille, thank you very much for pointing all these things out. I also do appreciate what you said about not just being nice, uh, but being tough. Um, it is hard to do. Uh, it is hard to be in this on this board when you don't have the resources that you need um, and you want to provide them and you're held accountable for it. Um, it's it's a it's a bit of a vice grip that um, we fought through for seven years, or I did for seven years, and um, uh, memorable experience, one that has given me age, uh, uh, wisdom, and wrinkles. <laughs> <clears throat> Thanks, Trustee DeVries. Trustee Peterson, you've unmuted yourself. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just want to echo with what both uh, Lewis and Joe said. I, I think one of the things that uh, Joe uh, was referring to is to give you a sense of some of the challenges that we have um, and the social determinants that impact our system is. 40% uh, of the clients that are at John George do not meet the medical necessity to be there. And, and, those, and, and we are getting paid uh, uh, a, an administrative rate of about $520 a day for those clients. And uh, the cost of those beds is around $2,900 a day. So you just take that difference of, uh, uh, what is it, 20 $2,400 a day and you multiply it by 25 clients and you multiply 365 days and it gives you a sense of the, the losses that we're suffering. And it's, it's uh, some of these uh, issues are not just, uh, not just uh, Alameda health system issues. They're, they're county issues and they're systemic issues and uh, they're, 
you know, they have to do with a lot of these social determinants of the issues that, that our communities face. And I think there are things that, uh, you know, the new board needs uh, the county to be involved in and we need the community to be involved in. I think this is an all hands on deck um, uh, challenge to really make it a better a better place for the community. And if you think of the, that difference of $2,400 a day, uh, you know, it, it multiplies to something like $20 million. And just imagine if we could take that $20 million and and use that to help out with things like homelessness and finding people affordable places to live and so forth. Uh, and, uh, you know, meeting some of the medical needs of our community, how, how, how much uh, more we could do. Uh, anyway, I, I, that, that's my comment. Other questions or comments? All right, thank you for that, Trustee Chapin. Um, so next we have the COVID-19 task force. I don't know whether this task force will continue um, uh, upon uh, the new board uh, being seated, but um, I can just give a sense of sort of where we are leaving things in terms of what our, our thoughts are and what we were kind of um, looking at. And so I, I think, you know, Alameda Health, Health System has a real role to play um, beyond the the excellent care of our patients, beyond, um, you know, testing and, and treating folks uh, with COVID-19. Um, but in terms of, um, you know, the public health response um, and informing what interventions may need to look like sort of at a community level. Um, and so the two things I'll just call out now is, um, one, I think we have a, a role to play in terms of looking at how, um, you know, first of all, the excellence of our uh, facilities under the under the leadership of Richard Espinoza in, in, you know, in this in kind of against the backdrop of we have um, had many of the county's, you know, most serious outbreaks being in long term care facilities and really some of the most vulnerable folks um, succumbing to COVID-19 are from the long term care facilities. And so the fact that, um, you know, that up until this point, we have done uh, uh, such a tremendous job, uh, you know, I just really want to applaud and also say that, you know, this is an area where we have demonstrated uh, excellence and expertise that could be of value. Uh, to others, uh, to other facilities, and, and just in terms of the uh, the knowledge base. And so I think one of the areas that, um, you know, I was really starting to laser in on was trying to get a better understanding of some of the depth disparities that we're seeing in the county. Um, we, and that we're seeing reflected in our system as well. Much of it does seem to be um, our, in particular, black and brown seniors that are in long-term long care facilities in the community. Um, they are in our population, you know, in uh, poverty, Medi-Cal recipients, all of the above, um, and, and, and wanting to really understand sort of uh, as much as we can about the details of uh, who is succumbing to COVID-19. Um, in our community. And I think that because uh, Alameda Health System has, we are now um, in EPIC, we now have the ability to, Devek has shared with us from the team some incredible dashboards and it just um, has been, you know, very fulfilling for the, the data nerd in me um, to be able to drill down on some of those things and, and look at, you know, what we're, what are we seeing 
and how can we illuminate um, kind of this topic? Because really, frankly, uh, we don't know why we are seeing such uh, wide disparities uh, nationwide or countywide or within the system, um, particularly with African-Americans being much more likely to succumb to COVID-19. And we have the opportunity being, you know, the, the hospital system to look at uh, comorbidities and, you know, medications and just the severity of, you know, the diabetes, the hypertension, the, you know, all of those things that I think could really help um, add again to the field and to the knowledge base. And so, again, I think the role of the COVID-19 task force was um, initially to have trustee involvement um, on a quickly evolving uh, situation uh, in which we play a critical role in, both for our own patients, but also within the community and in terms of public health. Um, and so these were some of the things that, uh, that we sort of had our eye on. And so I'm just hopeful that this can sit somewhere. I don't know whether that will be with, it, with, the, uh, with UDMG, with the clinicians, with the QPSC, with, or whether there will continue to be a task force. Um, but, you know, I do, and, and I also just want to recognize um, that both Dr. Clannon as well as uh, Kimmy Watkins-Tart from the Public Health Department uh, attended several of our meetings. We had the opportunity to talk about, uh, you know, are there opportunities to increase uh, lab capacity at the Public Health Department? Uh, how are we uh, collaborating on the um, the hotels, uh, which really were such a godsend and a great area of collaboration, I think, between AHS and the county uh, in terms of our unsheltered population that needed isolation and quarantine or that were fr from a vulnerable population that were protected by being able to be in those hotels. So those were great places, a great place, I think, for us to have those conversations in a very targeted way uh, and also with the public health department specifically to talk about disparities and what are we seeing and who is contracting and why. Uh, and I think the next steps were, again, to kind of go deeper into these uh, questions around the death disparities. So um, so I'll stop there. I don't know, Devecchio, you want to add something? Just to uh, echo your, 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 your comments, I think, we, uh, as I said earlier, your, your, um, your leadership and insights here has been really great on this point. And uh, uh, just to full disclosure, you know, we, we've not been able to fully satisfy the, the data nerd in you. Uh, no, you haven't. <laughs> I take full responsibility for that. Uh, the team has been educating me a, a lot and um, uh, trying to work on actually pulling uh, that data to, to uh, uh, drill down even further to try to uh, um, lift up those learnings. And that's something that uh, um, I intend to continue to work with them to do. Uh, I also want to mention that, you know, obviously there's been a lot of continued evolution with not just the experience of COVID, but um, developments on treatment uh, we are uh, that we've been sharing with you all too over time. So I uh, look forward to doing that. Uh, as you know, there was a recent uh, monoclonal antibody that was approved for emergency uh, use authorization. Uh, we are actually actively in, engaged in securing some of those. There's a limited utilization or utility in, um, um, in terms of uh, where a patient is in, uh, in the diagnoses and uh, mostly will be used on an outpatient basis. So we have our clinical leadership, our ED leadership, our um, uh, nursing and clinical educators and our pharmacists and, and, and lab folks working on. Uh, uh, what that might look like in our system to make sure that uh, to the extent that this um, is useful and uh, well useful and beneficial to our community that we uh, participate there but to your point about the ongoing leadership too we're doing that in terms of staying uh, in touch with and participating the sign and other on a statewide uh, level and in some respects national on the vaccines uh, and making sure that we understand all the parameters for transport and storage and 
uh, keep raising the flag about uh, allocations of those, uh, certainly for uh, um, uh, frontline workers or our or, or, uh, or, uh, um, you know, uh, healthcare workers to make sure that they're supported, but also uh, from a equity perspective, our communities and, and making sure that we are both participating in securing access and being a conduit for that, but also contributing to the messaging around uh, the, the safety and efficacy of uh, vaccines and monitoring that, but supporting um, understandable uh, uh, concerns and reservations that uh, people in our community would have in light of everything that's happened over the past couple of months for uh, questions around uh science and, uh, uh, you know, following the CDC guidelines and other sorts of things. So, so that your, your insights and your, your uh, participation there has been really, really instrumental. And, and I share your hope that, uh, uh, that the uh, uh, subsequent board will have a, take a, uh, a, an equal interest in uh, participating in and helping to shepherd this work as well. Thank you. I hope so. And yes, rest assured that I will be continuing this disparities work that relates to COVID. Uh, and so you're not off the hook. <laughs> And and uh, and I'll, I'll also jump on the ship and I'll support um, uh, uh, and congratulate uh, Dr. Abelotto for leading this this part of our mission. And uh, should I maintain on the board, which I think I'm going to, I'll say that it is also my commitment that, that our organization is thoughtful and mindful in stewarding this. As a side note, I will say that um, um, uh, Dr. Rob Rodriguez. Is was appointed to the uh, President-elect's COVID National Task Force, and some may know that Dr. Rob Rodriguez is on medical staff uh, in our system as as a part-time uh, ICU doctor here, uh, and uh, I, I know him through my contacts with uh, my uh, relation to the ICU doctors. So there may be some potential economy of scale, though. Although I uh, imagine he'll be quite busy at the national level, but it gives us a little bit of an insider view having a Highland connection to the president-elect's COVID task force. That is fantastic. Just the fact of a, of a task force is, a, is fantastic. But yes, that's, that's excellent. Thank you for sharing that. All right, any other questions, comments? Wonderful. All right, moving us to the Alameda Hospital Seismic Planning Ad Hoc Committee, Trustee Peterson. You're on mute, Ross. I, I do the best when I'm on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my best presentation. Um, we, we've had, uh, as you recall, we have had a series of uh, monthly meetings. I think we've, uh, since the fall of last year, we've had a total of uh, uh, 10 or 11 meetings. Um, last June, we came to the uh, Board of Trustees with a preliminary report, and we made a number of recommendations. And uh, we asked that the, they be reviewed by both our boards. And among those were, uh, uh, let me back up. Uh, so as, as you'll recall, uh, we have some major seismic issues at Alameda Hospital. Uh, the uh, Alameda Health System spent in excess of uh, $25 million to bring us up to, up to the current code. And that, uh, that those renovations are still underway, but we have a much more significant issue facing us in, in 2030. And that is that under the, the current, or the, the seismic standards for 2030, uh, Alameda hospital would not meet those standards. 
And uh, so what we've been doing is we've been, we put together a task force that is a joint task force of members of um, uh, our board of trustees and the Alameda, uh, City of Alameda Hospital District Board of Trustees. And then, uh, and Kinkini and myself served as, uh, have served as uh, trustees uh, from our system. And then, um, uh, then there's two, uh, two board members from uh, the city of Alameda Hospital District. And then, uh, and then Tracy has kind of worn both hats. She's kind of been the person in the middle because she's on, on both boards. And we've been, uh, we've been looking at how, how to meet those seismic standards. And in our, in our June uh, of 2020 report, we included several attached reports that talked about that, and uh, to build and to to meet the seismic standards as they exist right now for 2030, we would have to do major major renovations to Alameda Hospital, or we would have to in fact build the new hospital. And uh, and so when we've been going through this process, we've also been looking at other options as well, and. And one of, one of those options was the idea of trying to uh, get a reprieve on the 2030 standards. And uh, several members of our board, including Joe, uh, Trustee DeFries, have talked with, talked with legislators uh, about how to do that. And we did not get a very great response. The uh, legislation that was being proposed was actually uh, tabled. And so at this point, we still, we're still facing a, a, a really major issue. And so our, our task force, our, our uh, uh, joint committee has been looking at this and we're right now looking at what options might be available to us. We're still uh, believing that we wanna uh, look at uh, some uh, tangential issues as well, in other words, uh, is there a way that we can bring up the um, the utilization of the emergency room? And we're looking at several options there. And one of the options that we talked about is the idea of perhaps uh, dealing with some of the overflow at Highland. And those discussions are are ongoing. We're uh, having discussions with uh, EMS, and then uh, also there's a pl some plans to have some discussions with the uh fire chief at um for the city of alameda who covers the ems services for the city uh we're also looking at the piece of legislation that did not pass sb 758 and trying to revive that and have discussions with uh, a number of legislators and uh, uh debbie stevens who's the ceo of the uh, hospital district uh, her and uh, Tracy have agreed to take that on. And, uh, and then we're also um, having discussions with others as well to see if we can get support for that. Uh, but it's, uh, it's going to be a real challenge. And when we talk about 2030 and God, that's 10 years off, the truth of the matter is uh, the con consultant reports we have is, uh, suggested even once you make a decision to come up with the uh, timing and the funding and the construction for everything really takes about seven or eight years. So uh, given that, we are at a point where we need to make a decision within the next year. And uh, and I think, uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, 
no decision is a decision as well. And I think we, we need to look at this very seriously. And I think it's going to be a big um, um, need for the new board of directors to look at. And uh, I, excuse me, I'll, I've, uh, uh, had, I've had, I've had discussions with the, uh, with the uh, uh, members of the uh, hospital district. And I've agreed if there's a way that I, continue to help them and provide support even after I leave the board. I'll try to do that. Uh, anyway, I will follow this up with a written report in a little bit more detail. And I thought maybe I would also for the new board include some of the summaries of the reports that we did in June. Anyway, that's the essence of my report. Any question? Yes, sir. Yeah, I think today is probably going to be more about comments than questions. Uh, at least for me. Um, you know, it, it, it's really, we, we've, uh, you know, when I was presented this as board president and there was some angst and animosity between the healthcare district and our board regarding the kitchen and during a tough budget, whether we were really committed to doing it and we did it, uh, you know, we created this ad hoc committee to try to remove that angst and try to make sure everyone understood that we were working together. And I think you and, and Trustee Jensen have done a great job with that. I mean, again, I think that this board's commitment to that Alameda Hospital as part of the system, you know, has been strengthened over the past year. Um, and, and I think that's great, but this system can't be the, 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 the loudest advocate for the Alameda Hospital. Um, and it, it certainly isn't the most powerful potential advocate. Um, I just want to point out that the, the Senate bill passed unanimously, and it would have given us seven years more to meet the upgrades, as well as conduct a study to determine what upgrades were really required and if there could be uh, modifications to that process. It, it got pulled in the assembly and, you know, I just have to point out that the assembly member for this area didn't sponsor it in committee yeah. and was got his political start on the Alameda Health District Hospital Board. And so we need him to be a champion. We need Supervisor Chan, who's from Alameda, to be a champion. Um, we can't do it as we can't have AHS be the loudest champion or even the healthcare district itself being the loudest champion. We need elected officials who represent the district to take the steps necessary to save that hospital or it will close. And, um, you know, it's, it's beyond me. We, you know, we, we did all we could. Um, and when the first thing I was asked about that Senate bill by our assembly member, where first thing I was told was, well, the unions are opposed to it. You know, um, those same union members whose jobs we fought for, by taking over Alameda and San Leandro Hospital, who could have seen their jobs disappear if those hospitals had closed. We need them to champion this as well. I mean, if people really want to have emergency care and access to a hospital on the island, the island and its elected representatives have to fight for it. And so I think we helped to start to build that. I think this, hopefully the new board of trustees will continue to champion it, but they can't go it alone. They cannot go it alone. Well said.
other questions for Trustee Peterson? All right, with that, I'll move us to the consent agenda. The motion? I'd like to make a comment on one of the items in consent. Please, Trustee Jensen. With regard to the contract item to extend the agreement for Alameda Internal Medicine at Alameda Hospital, I just want to take the opportunity to commend the AIM providers and all the hospitalists that work in the system. Hospitalists provide inpatient care, and in my opinion, they're not always recognized for the critical role that they play in driving successful health outcomes. And so with COVID-19, I think hospitalists have taken on an even more direct role in communicating patient needs, identifying infection control opportunities, and and supporting the basically the, the whole platform of care in AHS acute care setting. So I just wanted to take this opportunity to, to say thank you and to um, recognize especially AIM who have been providers in the system for for decades. Thank you. Trustee Avaletta. Yes, sir. I'd like to make a motion to approve the consent agenda item E1 through E3 in total with the following caveats. Item E2, we pulled two policies for review. The first was AHS acceptable use of information systems policy. There were some concerns about privacy uh, or lack of, as noted in the document. And the second was the debt collection and collection agency management policy. We were concerned about the role of equity on our patients and agencies. So we, we, we uh, in QPSC, we pulled those two for further review. Barring that, I would mo make a motion to approve the consent in, in its entirety. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Great. So that motion passes um, with that caveat of pulling those two policies. And those two policies, one more time, were AHS acceptable use of information systems policy and debt collection and collection agency management policy. As, as a follow workup, I'll, I will connect with both the CIO and the CFO on those respective uh, policies and procedures. And uh, Madam Chair, uh, we also had pulled in the past a policy on charity care, and that never came back to the board for discussion. Um, so I'd like the record to show that in addition to those two that were pulled, I had requested in the past that we pull the policy around charity care because they're intertwined. When you have someone who cannot make payment, um, they become eligible for charity care. I never really looked at that, and I just would like for that to be something that we consider. I think um, uh, might chime in here, but Trustee um, Hernandez, I, I recall uh, you pulling the policy uh, that uh, we did go back to finance committee and that my recollection is that it did come back to the board and has since been approved, uh, but I, I could be wrong on that. Uh, um, Mike, uh, you recollection okay. yeah i just can't tell you right off the top of my head i'd have to go back and look at the records but that does i seem to recall the same okay well, i think uh, we can confirm that but uh i appreciate the point i just wanted to confirm whether yes. that's however in the spirit of being able to look at a policy in its full ramifications i don't think you can look at this policy 
without looking at the charity care policy. I'm saying that- okay, No disagreement. So, yeah, no disagreement. I just wanted to say from a technical yeah. perspective, the yeah. accuracy of, the, of that particular part, which we can, we can confirm. I think there's definitely interconnectivity uh, between the two. And I appreciate actually the policy was pulled. It gives us a, a chance from a different angle in an interconnected way to discuss it. Uh, I think it would have, uh, it would have been good to actually have more of that discussion today, but but from a time perspective, uh, uh, we could not do that. But I think from that perspective, it was appropriate to pull so that we could uh, go back and review this uh, since it made it through all of the committees up to the board. But I think it'll be a robust discussion that actually should be uh, reassuring, uh, but certainly an opportunity to look back at it. So I, um, I absolutely appreciate that. Yeah, hi, this is Kim Miranda, uh, CFO. Yes, we did discuss both policies together a few months ago. There, There's a timing hiccup of, of getting through the committees. We had also said we want to bring the charity care back because there's a change we need to make to it, but it's going through the committees. So um, I do appreciate uh, your point, and yes, we should probably do both together, but they are separate policies that, you know, today. So Kim, can you and I work together uh, to to help guide that until? Uh, well, I guess it's a policy and procedure, so it'll come through QPSC. Yes, it will. Okay. Well, thank you, Kim. We maybe maybe what we need to do is is put them both on the same track so that they always uh, go through the process together because they'll need to yeah. come through every two years. Or or integrate them, but I, I guess we have options. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, so we, we had the motion from it. Was there another discussion? I apologize. We had the motion by Trustee Bouquet and a second by Trustee Shequin. I'm going to ask for a roll call vote because I wasn't sure I heard all, all voices. <laughs> uh, Ron, can oh. Trustee Abalata. Aye. Trustee Banerjee. I, I think she's absent for uh, this portion of our meeting. I think she had to go to another event. Oh, thank you. Uh, Trustee Bouquet. Uh, aye. Trustee Blue. Uh, I'll abstain because I just got back on the meeting. Thank you. Trustee Shequin. Aye. Trustee DeVries. Aye. Trustee Hernandez. Aye. Trustee Jensen. Uh, looks like she's away from her. And Trustee Peterson. Aye. I believe we do have enough for the motion to carry. Thank you. Motion passes. All right. I will move us to item F1 uh, for uh, regarding approval of changes to the EBMG bylaws. Dr. Jamaluddin. Actually, Trustee Abaleta, uh, I'm a, as an employee of EBMG, I'm an interested party. I should probably be recused from this. Uh, council, can you guide me? I don't think there's a conflict. Uh, I think on any action items, I think, oh, I but I, I, I'll, I'll await I'll await advice from from uh, council. Yeah, and, and there's, go. No there's no interest in the items being considered, so you are not required to recuse yourself from this item. Thank you for that guidance. All right, apologies. I'm trying to play by the book. So it's, uh, it's a very uh, simple amendment uh, to the bylaws to include the preamble of the HEDI preamble that was adopted by EHS 
as part of the EBMG bylaws, and it is attached in the document. Move approval. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. All right. Any approve? Any excuse me? Any uh, abstain or against? Okay, wonderful. That was unanimous. Thank you. All right. And then as stated at the outset, uh, we've pulled item F2 if there's no objection. All right. Hearing none, were there questions or comments on the staff reports? All right. Then I will move us into closed session. General Counsel? Yes, the board will be going to closed session to consider the items as set forth in the agenda. 